0: So what we want to do today is I want to provide to you the, the framework of freedom. So right, we've given you homework and that's for for a reason. I've often found that it's hard to get freedom just in the moment, uh, which obviously there is instantaneous deliverance, but obviously it is also something that is ongoing. Uh, as Dr. Matt had mentioned, I've had the honor and the privilege to be personally mentored and really uh, Pastor Mike Connell is a father to me and even to be honest, just, just the other day he was nudging me and saying Shelly you need to deal with this area Shelly you need to deal with this pain and I was hesitant because I knew the pain that I was facing and I didn't really want to go there how many of you know that you know like sometimes you're like nah I'm good like I'd rather just ignore it but I knew that I needed to so I found that deliverance is not only something instantaneous but it's something that's ongoing something that I've had in my life I've been getting delivered for 20 years and uh, perhaps one of these days I'll arrive and that's a probably when I get welcomed into the arms of Jesus. And so, you know, let that encourage you that you don't need to feel that you need to arrive. You just need to be honest with where you're at. Uh, I would say one of the blockages, the freedom that I have found is people who hesitate or they're not honest with what's truly going on on the inside. And that's where the enemy hijacks. But how many of you know that, I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of the enemy hijacking people's lives. Amen. So that is what we are here to. do today is to bring freedom, and uh, just even by by a means of a story. uh, Several years ago, I I was leading a youth team uh, into the nation of Honduras, and uh, we were in a beautiful service, and the Holy Spirit broke out, and it was amazing. And people were shouting and rejoicing, and there's just joy, and there's just such a precious flow of the Spirit of God that was in the house. And you're kind of thinking in that moment, like, yeah, yeah, God, this is a beautiful way to end the service. The kids are having a beautiful time. And then wouldn't you know it, just as quickly as that wave came in, there was another wave and all of a sudden 350. 354- plus people start breaking out and manifesting demonic spirits throughout the entire room. So there was me and my youth team, 15, 16, 17 years old uh, kids. So they look at me like, Pastor Shelley, what are we gonna do? I'm like, go for it. So they literally just started leapfrogging and this is a condensed room. It's hot, we're sweaty. Demons are manifesting everywhere. Devils are flying, chairs are flying, clothes are flying. It was a fiasco, but I loved, I was just leapfrogging and helping one kid to another, to another. And we get to the end of the meeting. All the people in the room got set free gloriously by the power and presence of God. Come on, you can't get better than that, right? Jesus says, "If I cast out the, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you." So we know that deliverance is a kingdom matter and establishing the rulership of God's kingdom. Amen. So anyway, so we, we jump in the van, and these kids, I'm telling you, they were so pumped out of their brains. They were so excited, because they didn't realize that God would actually empower them to cast out demons, right? Even though it's something that all of us are called to do, is to get them out of us and then get them out of other people, amen? And so, so anyway, so the, the kids, I'm telling you, they were so pumped that even if there was no gas in that van, we would have made it home because the energy level one of the girls she shouted out I was born for this And the truth is, is you are born for this. You know, and so the reality is, is that it, it is a reality. And number two is something that we should be excited about. And the, one of the other things i found is sometimes we want to wait it out. You know, like sometimes we, we feel like maybe it would be better if we starve something out, right? Uh, you know, if, if I ignore the demon long enough, it will actually go away. But how many of you know you can't cancel a demon out? Uh, you, you can't wait out a demon. You agree aggressively have to take action and throw it out of your life. That's the truth. It's, you know, I was a, a basketball player in high school, and uh, one of the cheers that we had was, be aggressive. How many of you guys remember that? Be aggressive, be, be aggressive, be aggressive, be, aggressive. Be, be aggressive, right? So, there's two images that when I'm dealing with deliverance uh, that comes to mind. I I get the image of Jim Carrey, it's showtime. And then I get the other side, and you know what, I can give credit to Pastor Mike Connell for that one. And then the other side is this cheer that goes on when I'm ever dealing with demonic issues. It's not something that uh, scares me, but it's something that excites me. Why? Because I know, seeing someone come to the other side of it, of how much it's actually worth going through the work to do so. So, amen? So no more do we need to be ripped off by the, by the enemy. And why is Deliverance, Freedom Sunday important? Why is Deliverance important? Number one, because the, the, the enemy loves to torment and loves to oppress people. Acts 10 and verse 38 says it this way, and it shows how we're many people are living under this pressure. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who wanted about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now I love this verse for a few reasons. One, that yes, though we are aggressive in our stance towards the enemy, the healing of a demonic spirit in a person's life shows the compassion of Jesus, that actually deliverance is compassion and being compassionate to set you free. So I love that. And what does that word oppressed mean? It means to be held down by a spiritual power. I remember when I was a kid, and I had an older brother. How many of you have older brothers? And I had older brother's friend, which was even worse than my older brother, right? How many of you guys can attest to that? And I remember the older bro- my older brother's friend thought it would be funny one day, and you probably all have experienced this, where he thought it would be fun to hold me down so that he can fart in my face. <laughs> How many of you guys have encountered that? We'll pray for. Uh, we'll do a healing line for that at the at the end of the service as well, uh, but it, essentially that's what it is. It's to hold you down, to you know, yeah. right in your face, <laughs> to. In other words, to impose a limitation in your life and to vex you in, into a corner to where then you are aff- afflicted with torment, you're afflicted with anxiety, you're afflicted with uncontrollable fears, you're afflicted with uncontrollable torment. I had a very near and dear family member in my life who, how do you know that when we have financial hardships, sometimes it's hard uh, you know, to think straight. When we don't know where the next meal's coming from, when we don't know whether or not the that we're gonna be able to stay in the place that we're at. Well, that is exactly where my family member ended up at. And in desperation, by the way, she was a believer. By the way, she led me to the Lord when I was eight years old. I had no other spiritual framework other than this beautiful family member who had led me to the Lord. And all of a sudden she's in this vexing, oppressed state of mind, desperate, not knowing what's gonna happen. And in her uh, uh, vexing and oppression that was over her, she actually flung open the window one day And you won't believe what she said. She said, Let the demons come in. Now, would you believe what happened on the other side of that? She became schizo immediately. And immediately deranged. Immediately, there were things that, even to the point to where she attempted to drown one of her grandkids because everything became so demented in her mind in that season of captivity from the demonic issues in her life. And thank God, I, I can testify that she's free and she's well and she's she's whole now because of the power of Jesus Christ. But it also shows the reality of the oppression. And when we give way to the enemy, how he, you know, there's the old saying that if you give him, you know, just your pinky, he'll take all of you. know, so we can't give him an inch, and I can reflect on my own areas of my life, and there's many, I can, we can be here all night, and all day, and all through the week for me to tell you all the areas that I've been delivered from, and what spirits, and all the things, happy to tell you if you really want to know, Uh, but there was a time when I was six years old, I was sitting in the back of a school bus, Uh, bad place to be, always be in the front, usually the rule followers in the front, not so much of rule followers are in the back, and uh, we were in the back of the bus, and the boys thought it would be fun to show meet Bloody Mary. And so they had a mirror, they had a blanket, and they thought it would be fun to be in the back of the bus and, and and call for Bloody Mary. Well, can I tell you, that scared the H-E-L-L right out of me. And I was so freaked out over what I had seen, and it so tormented and afflicted my mind that I was afraid to go to the bathroom. Because by the way, they said, normally where she likes to be is the bathroom. And so if you go into the bathroom when it's dark, and if you just call her name, you'll see her. So I lived in this place, of torment to, even when I was like going into the bathroom, I was like try to hurry up and like turn on the light and then go in the bathroom, right? I mean, you know, it seems silly at the moment, but in, in the time, I was so afflicted. And my mom was so uh, concerned for me. And she was not a believer at this point. She didn't know what to do and the torment was just bad and I was just, I couldn't sleep alone. I couldn't do anything. So what they decide, what she decided to do is call a friend, right? What do we do when we don't know what to do? We call a friend. So she calls a friend, but unfortunately this friend, you guys, was actually a person who practiced voodoo. So this friend said, oh, I got, I got just the thing for you. Here's the spell. Take it home and have Shelly come into the bathroom with you. You'll get rid of her and she'll be fine. And when my mom's like, okay, I got this thing. This is how you're going to get well. I'm going to bring you in. And I was just like, uh-uh, I'm not going in there. You can do it. And you know that that still, uh, that actually worsened the torment in my life. And I continued in that level of torment. I could not sleep alone. Thank God I, had siblings that we shared a room, so I didn't often have to sleep alone, but then there would be times where I, here I am, I am a missions leader. I'm leading a team. I have a, there's a Bible school, several hundred students, and here I am like sneaking into my bedroom, turning on the light, <laughs> and, and not able to actually sleep with the lights off. How many of you know that's called a problem? <laughs> That's called a demonic problem. So demons will hold you down and oppress you and torment you and afflict you with uh, uncontrollable habits, addictions, uh, uncontrollable fears, anxiety, could be depression or suicidal thoughts, and usually that comes out of places of disappointment. We go through something disappointing, and then the result of that is we go into a state of depression that then gets manipulated by a spirit of depression that tries to lead to a spirit of death, and that leads to a spirit of suicide in our lives lives, and even just even paranormal activities, Uh, many of us can probably retell stories of maybe when we were a kid or even, uh, you know, presently, uh, that's called we need deliverance. Now, one of the things we need to understand is our heart connection to receiving freedom. As we may know that our heart is the center of our life. If you will, it's the it's the real you. It's what connects your soul and your spirit together. And Proverbs 4 23 says, for you know, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Now, what's interesting to note here is that what I believe in my heart will actually determine the boundaries of my life. So, in other words, it my my belief in my heart is what determines the limitations that I live under. So oftentimes we say we need to believe, but we need to address the unbelief that is in the heart. And there's another uh, Bible translation that says it this way, that says that the seasons of life flow out of the heart, and that seasons do not change based on age or on circumstance, but seasons change based on the position of your heart. So if you don't like the season that you're in, and you feel like you're not where you should be at the age or circumstance that you're in, perhaps you need to take a look at where your heart is at in order to get free. So this, what it tells us is that if we want freedom, we must take responsibility for the, for the stuff or the junk that is in our trunk. <laughs> Can we put it that way? Right? How many you know? Come on, I, I'm, right, I'm right here with you. I'm preaching to myself this morning as well. Amen. Now, uh, Philippians 2 and verse 12 says it like this. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I always kind of wonder, like, what the—you know, like, isn't—am I not already saved? But yes, I am saved. How do you know that I am being saved? Because I'm going through a transformation process, and thank God we're in a house of transformation, amen, and then we shall be saved. So we see that our salvation is instantaneously, but it's also something that is progressive in our lives. Right? So thank God that I can increase and grow in the kingdom. But when I looked at that word salvation in the Greek, what it literally means is to work out your own deliverance. Work out your own freedom. Or another direct translation literally says, work out the molestation of the enemy in your life. Wow. How many of you, come on, let's just be real graphic and real real, have been molested by the enemy and he's, and he's imposed himself in areas that we didn't want? So the Bible says you are empowered with the Holy Spirit, with power and authority to address these things, and that comes with dealing with the issues of our heart. And Jesus gave us his mandate and his mission, and we can find that in in Luke 4 and verse 18. Let's have a look at that in just a moment. Luke 4 and 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has what? anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. I love that the second thing that's on his agenda is what? He sent me to heal the what? The brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. So in other words, to preach deliverance and recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed. There we see that again. So Jesus's mandate is number one, to heal the broken heart. The truth is, is that we have all experienced broken hearts at some point in our lives. And most of the time it can be after we're a Christian, after we get in the church. If you didn't need inner healing before you came into the kingdom, you may need inner healing after you come into the kingdom, right? Why? Because where we're, where people are at, there will be drama. I mean, I, I wish we can divorce drama, but we can't. It's just everywhere we go, and unfortunately, it's in us, too, because we need to deal with our own issues, right? Broken hearted. It, what's interesting about this concept is broken into pieces is literally what it means. Broken into pieces, shattered into pieces, or crushed by tragedies. Sometimes we go through things that are so difficult that it there, there brings a crushing to our heart. Another way of saying that is to suffer extreme sorrow to the point of being crushed, a.k.a. when I lost my father, it was an extreme sorrow. My heart was broken, and I needed to get healed of that that hurt and that, and and that departure, if you will. Another way of saying it is like this. It's a, it's a, it's a long track made by a repeated passage. So in other words, it's a road that's created through repeated, if you will, brokenness, a repeated defeat in our lives that creates a pathway of defeated thinking. Right? So how many know, like, if if we expect, like, you know, he's going to do this, and it happens the way that we we expected, which is something negative. And then do you you ever notice, that like, it it seems like it keeps happening over and over again? Like it's not just one time, but it's two times, it's three times everywhere you go, right? Well, that's called a pathway of negative thinking that has been instilled. So there's brokenheartedness on the inside of us. And here's the truth. If we do not give the broken places of our hearts to Jesus, we only have one other option. And that means we, we take that brokenness and we turn it away from God and we come to our own conclusions, our own conclusions, our own judgments to do what? To control the pain. None of us like to feel pain. I've yet to meet a person, uh, unless they're demonized, that would put their hand in a fire and keep it there. Why? Because they don't like the pain. None of us like pain. We want to minimize the pain. So as soon as there's a headache, what do we do? We find Tylenol, right? I mean, there's, there's certain things. We don't want to face the pain. We don't want to deal with the pain. And the truth is, is where there is brokenheartedness, there will be demons. That is that is the reality. And what I love about Jesus is right here, right on the precursor of His mandate. He says, "It is my ministry. It is my purpose to set you free." Is about His His ministry is about removing the demonic attachments that that get around your life and manipulate your life, and His and to restore your heart whole. Why? So that you would encounter God even greater. I don't know about you, but I am, I'm believing God for greater encounters in 2022. <laughs> greater encounters of freedom. Greater encounters of healing. Right? And as I, as I mentioned, things don't go away with time, they go away with deliverance and healing. So don't be afraid of deliverance and healing. And that's really the demonic agenda. So we see number one, how do demons come in and how do they gain access? Through broken places of our lives or traumatic or hurtful experiences. And I, I'm sorry to say, none of us is exempt from that. Has there been anyone who's lived their entire life without experiencing a hurt? Can you raise your hand? Yeah. <laughs> If, if so, uh, please come pray for me. <laughs> right? But the truth is that we've all experienced pain. We've all experienced uh, traumas. We've all experienced these things. And, and the question that I want to ask you is that if my heart is shattered from broken uh, things that I've experienced and pain points, how can I love God with my whole heart? Yeah. Yeah. Right? I can lo- I can love him with the parts that I'm giving to him, but how many know that there's parts that maybe I'm unable to give him? And what I've found is that the pieces that are broken end up becoming idols that I'm enslaved to instead of living free in the kingdom of heaven. And at the at the end of the day the enemy what does he end up doing he ends up energizing the very things that we're trying to control because we don't want to feel it we want to ignore it we 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 want it to go away and we hope that it goes away right but the truth is it doesn't the very thing that we're trying to control and the very thing that we're trying to manage ends up becoming energized by the enemy where we're unable to let that broken piece go and into the hands of jesus to bring freedom and liberty into that place so Jesus is inviting us, friends, to allow him to come into those broken areas of our hearts. Now, the thing that really wrecked me was Ezekiel 14. you got to be careful of those prophets. They'll tell you like it is. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Ezekiel 4 and verse 3, 14, verse 3. Son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. And I thought, what the, that's exactly what I've been doing with the broken areas of my life. When I turn, when I take that broken place of my heart, I'm turning away from the Lord and I'm being the judge. I'm making the conclusion. I'm being Lord over that brokenness, that, that hurt, heartache, that, that whatever traumatic experience that I went through and I'm making determinations of it. Then I end up being an, I, that ends up being an idol in my heart that I end up serving and being enslaved. To an idol, it gets worse, friends. And the, it, when you begin to research what that word "idol" means, you know what I discovered? It says it says something that means a, a, a round thing. Do you know what the, the round thing? And it even says a little bit further, alluding to crap. Yeah, you heard me. So the way that God looks at idols that we erect in, the, in our heart, He calls it crap. Yeah. How do you like that? When you think of like, oh, the broken things that I'm serving, I've got crap in my life. I got to get some crap out of my heart and allow the Spirit of God to flow into it. Yeah. Come on now, how many are ready? You. Because these are the things that bro- they turn our heart away from God because we're holding it, we're managing it, we're controlling it, and then they end up being the very thing that we're enslaved to. But Jesus once was sent to remove the things that are enslaving your heart, where you can truly live in freedom. And what i found is there are common idols that we have in our heart. One, obviously, I just experienced and kind of telling the story of traumatic experiences. But usually, number two, the other thing that comes out of that is we make inner vows, right? And inner vows are promises and judgments that we've made to ourselves in order to protect our own heart and say, uh, in in a way of controlling the pain and saying, this is not going to be, I'm not going to allow this to happen again. So maybe you were abandoned and you said, I will never trust a man again. Or maybe you said other statements such as, I will never trust a woman again. So you find that inner vows tend to be those I will never statements. I will never do that again, I will never trust again, I will never step out again, so usually those are conclusions that we've made in order to protect our heart. So we find inner vows, Uh, then inner vows leads into negative expectations or ungodly beliefs. So now because I've already made an inner vow, so I've made a judgment, and I usually have some unforgiveness that's there if we're really honest, and these are true pain points of life's uh, betrayals, life's uh, rejection lives, abandonment, lives, uh, deaths, and different things that we, that we go through and that we face that we, we find ourselves making, uh, trying to control the pain of our past. Uh, you know, let me, let me put it to you like this. My parents got divorced uh, when I was not even born yet. So in other words, a month before, uh, w- before I was born, my parents were already uh, finalizing their divorce. And a- a- as such, how many know that this little girl wanted her daddy? And uh, my daddy was in the army and I had heard that daddy was coming and he was going to take me for the weekend and there was no weekend that i ever looked forward to more than getting my daddy and my daddy getting me and taking me wherever it was that he was going to take me and so here I am I, I was told daddy's coming and so I put on my my jacket and I had my shoes on had my little backpack ready to go and I was in the second story looking out the window waiting for dad was dad coming nope nope and mom said do you want lunch no 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 no. dad's going to come do you want this no 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 dad's going to come and I I was just so fixated on seeing dad come. And can I tell you, dad never came. And as a result of that, it, how many you know that that was abandonment? It was rejection. And it led a conclusion of there must be something wrong with me. I must not be... Worthy for him to come and see me. I must be strong. I'll never allow myself to be weak. See, do you hear the interval that was made? I'm not going to expect him to come through because then if he doesn't come through, then it won't disappoint me, right? So sometimes we lower the expectation so that we don't get disappointed. Uh, But the reality is that still is an ungodly belief system that's in place. That still is a negative expectation. So now uh, what I believe is what I expect, right? And so sometimes we carry these things around and they usually come through word curses that someone's spoken over us, you're never good enough, or or just the nonsense of someone out of their own brokenness that they've, they've said these things to, or maybe it's something you said over yourself, like I did, you know, like, oh, well, I must not be enough, or I must be too much, I, I, I've got to be, you know, I've got to be strong, and i got to want dad to come and see me, so I've got to be this little girl who's who's ready and, and, and flexible, and like all the things, and develop this mindset of expectation that was all negative and rooted in a lie that i was believing about myself i'm unwanted so then and i expect people to be unfriendly they will be (laughs) right uh i'll probably fail i did decide maybe it's better not to try Right, you can't do anything right, right? So all of these things that you, you may have heard from a teacher, you may have heard from a parent, you may have heard from an older sibling or, or whoever, a kid in the, in, in the schoolyard, whatever the case may be, but we make these negative expectations based off of word curses that others have unleashed over us. So we've got to break the power of the enemy by breaking the power of word curses that have been spoken over our life, amen. So I say all of that to say this. These expectations become the atmosphere around our hearts that the very thing that we can't stand, we attract it right to us. Every single time. You ever notice that? It's like, what the? Like, this always happens to me. It never happens to anyone else. Well, it might be that you've got a negative expectation around that area that you need to annihilate by the power of Jesus Christ, amen. And so all of this, we I, I say that we must take responsibility for the areas of the brokenness of our lives. And honestly, I would say that's one area, one of the things that I've really appreciated about Pastor Mike Connell. He doesn't just say, oh yeah, go out and move in deliverance, but he's like, nah, deal with the junk in your trunk. <laughs> and it's the freedom that I've been able to experience that I can share where I'm at in my journey today. If we don't take responsibility, we find that we don't even need the devil to sabotage because we're already sabotaging our own lives. And that is the God's honest truth. Now, we also know that the enemy comes in through uh, just a, his, his own, uh, from legal right perspective. Uh, he comes in to defile us. Uh, the, Satan is known as what? There's another name he's known for, it's called Beelzebub. Do you know Beelzebub, uh, what it actually means is Lord of the Flies, Lord of the Flies. So that gives us a picture of how to see a demon in proper perspective. Demons are just flies that we step on. Demons are just flies that we can annihilate, that we can swat away, shoe fly, shoe fly. Do you see there's an aggression that's, that's even in that? Be aggressive. Be, be aggressive, right? So there's something about being aggressive towards the enemy. Now, flies, I've found, they usually go on two places. Number one, they go on... Yeah, you said it. I didn't say it. You said it. Uh, crap. Crap. Uh, Number two, they also go on wounds. So we just talked about and gave an overview of wounds that attract flies that come around. They're, hmm, this is my buffet. Love this place. I'm going to lay some maggots in this place and increase the infection in this place. And then number two, your legal right of you yielding to sin, you yielding to breaking God's laws invites the enemy to come in and defile your life. And it's time to get, how many of you know that in order to get flies out of a particular area, is not just shooing them, but you've got to get rid of the C-R-A-P if you want to get rid of them. Right? And so that's how freedom comes. So how does it come? Through the family line. I had, a, I had a young lady who we were working with in Mongolia. She, her family was a family of idol worship and they were doing all sorts of things. Her grandmother actually was a, a witch doctor and all the things and actually dubbed her granddaughter to actually be her, uh, if you will, her right hand, her her, her second hand person. And, and all the way to the point she watched her do every, every curse, everything that when the grandmother passed away, do you know what happened? She actually prayed that her spirit would come upon her, a.k.a. the demons that was within the grandmother come upon her. So fast forward all these years later, I meet this beautiful young lady, Deggie, and she was just such a beautiful girl. She was a Bible school student of ours, and she just said, you know, like she was so excited. She heard Freedom Week was there. She was excited, and the demons manifested like nobody's business. You see that spirit that came upon her caused her to be tormented by paranormal activity, things that were going wrong, things that were tormenting her. She was tormented by seizures. She was tormented by all of these physical ailments. She could never get free and she thought it was just something that she had to live with for her entire life. Here we are in a a freedom seminar, much like today, and she knew that it was her time for freedom. So as soon as we laid hands on her, the demons did all their theatrics. Who gives a rats about that, right? But the the reality is, is that she knew she needed to be free. All of a sudden, we get this word of knowledge and we hear that it's the spirit of her grandmother and as soon as we said spirit of her grandmother come out of her in Jesus name would you believe it just begins shrieking shaking all the things but then she who doesn't know English in perfect English actually says keep praying it's coming out keep praying it's coming out so we prayed that thing came out and by the way she's on the ground and there's probably a few of us I don't know how many but there was a few that were praying for she leaped up to her feet and she just began running around saying i'm free I'm i 'm free i 'm free i 'm free i 'm free <laughs> hallelujah that 's the power of Jesus to set people free so you don 't have to be bound to anything in your in your generational line just break that stuff in jesus name you don 't have to put up with it any longer now we also have areas where our own actions And number one, I would say the biggest one, I'm only giving a few because of the sake of time, Uh, but the number one thing that I've found is hatred. And now you're like, oh, Shelly, come on. Like, I'm not, nah, 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 I'm a Christian. I don't hate people. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) You want me me to break it down, what it actually means? Uh, Hatred literally means to withhold love. Have you ever come to a point in your life where someone peed you off? which that happens, and you chose to withhold something from them. Uh, wives, maybe your husband left the toilet seat up, and you're like, oh, I've told him for the last 10 years to put that toilet seat down. Not going to name any names here. And then... <laughs> guilty men, we'll do an altar call for you guys. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then what happens? The wife says, "Ah, I'm not cooking you lunch today right so what is that that's a withholding of love likewise maybe the husband's like you know what my wife is just like running her mouth so much like i'm i'm well, i'm just gonna give her the silent treatment uh silent treatment friends it's called withholding love in other words i'm withholding my heart because you've ticked me off wow. and if you define that a little bit further that actually means hatred i know Oof. Ugh. when i realized like some of the messiness in my own life i was like oh jesus help me and to be honest, when I first got the revelation of this, I was like, oh, I gotta go like write some stuff down. And so, uh, to be honest, even today, there might be some things that you just need to write down, that you just need to just write it out and say, man, I, fr- I repent of hatred towards this person. I repent towards hatred towards this person. I repent, right? And, and there, there's a cleansing process that Jesus wants to bring. I love the blanket approach, but Jesus is very specific and the things that he wants to address. Number two, what do we, what do we also find? We find control. Control is a, is a huge deal. And, and oftentimes we, uh, we downplay it, uh, or we, you know, jokingly say, well, you know, we're just a bunch of control freaks. We are. <laughs> we need to, we need to work on getting that out of our lives because there's only two spirits that we can operate out of. And I'm convinced that there's the spirit of Christ, the spirit of the Holy Spirit that does what he brings liberty into our lives. But the spirit of, uh, of the, the enemy is a spirit of control and manipulation, and so we're, we're yielding to one or the other all the time. And what is control? Simply, it is a force that we use in order to get the results that we want. So, in other words, it's about me. How do I? How do I use control? I might use control through manipulation. I might. I might because maybe I want. I, I have something that I'm intending that I want. So I'm going to use whatever tactic necessary to get my outcome. Uh, Maybe, maybe you're like, well, Shelly, but I don't really see like how I'm a controller. Well, what about this? What about sometimes we, we, we want to rescue people. And here, here's the bottom line. Why do we control? Because we have a need to feel safe. That's, that's the truth. That's the reason why we control is because we want to feel safe. So the motivation behind the manipulation, the motivation behind rescuing people and coming across a superwoman and superman and and doing all these feats of, oh, wow, she's so responsible or he's so responsible, usually it's because there's a necessary to control my environment and feel safe. How about anger? The truth is we use anger as probably one of the favorite control weapons because we know that it works and we wouldn't use it if there was no benefits to it. Right? If we really think about it. Right? And we use it because we need to feel safe. So when I get someone who's projecting anger at me, what I see is they feel unsafe. They feel unsafe. So they have a need to try to control me. They have a need to try to control the environment. In fact, I would say it this way. Even all sexual impurities, yes, there's, you know, the hormonal releases and there's all the things that kind of go with it and there's deviations that go with it. But the root of it is I need to feel safe. So I'm going to control people, I'm going to control circumstances, I'm going to control my own body, right? And so how many of you know that we're not called to control our own body in that sense, but we're to live a life of sacrifice unto Jesus, that we live a life of submission to Jesus. So which means I've got to come out of a love relationship with control. I'll end with this, and I'm going a little bit, i got to be good on time here, I've tried to. Uh, can you handle another couple minutes? All right, So, so the other, I would say... Power twins that hold us back from freedom is unforgiveness and bitterness. Unforgiveness is I am angry at that person, and then bitterness is I have resentment towards the pain that you've caused me that I hold on to, and these become idols that we end up worshiping. Now, I'll tell you a true story. A couple years ago, my grandmother had passed away, and when she passed away, I was sitting in her funeral, and it was a Catholic funeral, so it was lots of up, down, up, down, you know, all the things that go with it. Those of you who are Catholic know. And I got an amen over here. Uh, I didn't know her. I, I, I knew her when I was a kid. Uh, I had a season of my life from 10 years old all the way up that I, I didn't I didn't really get an opportunity to encounter her except for one time six months before she died and she said Shelly I'm so glad to know to hear all the good that you're doing I'm so glad that you're uh, you' you're, you're, I'm so proud of you all the things six months later she passed I didn't know her. so I'm sitting in her funeral and I for me personally I was mourning the loss of the relationship because I didn't know the person but I watched my father and I watched my uncles they were all obviously, Mourning the loss of their precious mother, and as I'm sitting there, the Spirit of God speaks to me and says, Shelly, you have unforgiveness towards your grandmother," and I'm thinking, "What? Like what? I mean, God, come on! I don't even know the woman, but I—how many you know that it's not good to argue with God? <laughs> Usually, he's right." <laughs> Uh, and in this case, he certainly was. And so, when, when I walked away, to be honest, I didn't have any emotion, I didn't have any framework. I didn't, I, I was just like, so, like, what, I mean, God, what do you mean? Like, how, how can I, like, how, how can I have unforgiveness towards her? But I just worked with what I believe God and what He said and what He revealed. So this is what I did. I got in my prayer closet, AKA my car. Uh, I don't recommend deliverance in your car while driving. Not the best thing, but thank God for the Holy Spirit who will sustain you if that's where it finds you. Uh, you know, just roll with it. And so, you know, I just started out, because I didn't know it was going to be a big deal. I just thought, oh, yeah, I'll just pray, you know, simple, no emotions attached. It's fine. It's fine. Right? <laughs> but as I actually made the confession, and I'm telling you, friends, as soon as I said, Father, I confess the unforgiveness, as soon as I said, unforgiveness. Boom! The whole thing popped open. The full emotions came in. My heart was f- floodgated open, I rem- and then all of a sudden, it was all the memories I've been, you know, just saying, God, I repent of holding on to unforgiveness and the resentment that she wasn't there for me, that she didn't bake cookies with me, that I wanted to have a relationship with her, that she abandoned me when I was a young girl, always desiring to be in a relationship with her, and she didn't—she wasn't there for me. And I choose right now to let her go. I choose right now to let let go of those expectations that I put on her, and I release her into your hands, and friends, can I tell you, in that moment there is whale cry, there is messy cry, there is slot, there's just a big hot mess in a windy road that I'm driving 65 miles an hour, and thank God for the Holy Spirit who sustained me on that route. All of a sudden there was an exchange, and in that exchange I felt peace. God healed me of a heart, a hurt in my heart that I didn't even know that I had, that was actually blocking me from experiencing Him in that area of my heart. And that is the goodness of God that as we pursue Him, He will set us free. He will create circumstances that cause these things to flush up. Why? Because He wants to get the demon out of your life. Why? Not just to get him out, but to remove the defilement, to remove the stinger, if you will, to release healing in your life so that you'd be whole, that you would be free, and be able to bring that to others, in Jesus' name. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you would say, yeah, there's some areas of my life that the enemy's been ripping me off? How many of you, through today's teaching, could say, yep, there's some things that has come up to the surface? If you would, would you stand to your feet? I'm going to invite Dr. Matt up in just a moment to kind of help us on the altar call side of things, but what I want to do is this. Your your first step to Freedom Friends is salvation. Your first step to Freedom Friends is turning to Jesus. And maybe there's some of you in this room that you've never asked Jesus to come into your life. Or maybe there's some of you who you're in church because you know that's the right thing to do, but in your heart you've been so broken through the circumstances of life that you felt like you're in a rut and you feel like you're far from but you're here because you know that this is the place that God is at and you are you are seeking him. If you are someone who's never asked Jesus to come into your life or maybe you're you're someone who says I I've, I've been away from God and I want to be right. If that's you, would you lift up your hand all over this room? Come on, be brave. All over this room, all over this room. I see that hand. Thank you. 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 Thank you. Thank you. There's hands lifting up all over this room. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's all all say this prayer together. Jesus, I want your freedom. I turn from my ways, and I turn to you. Save me and set me free. God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And I command the devil to get off my life in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Welcome to the kingdom, friends. Welcome to your first day of freedom. Now, for the rest of us in this room, how many of you can resonate with that last control, bitterness, and unforgiveness in some area? Maybe it's another level. It's not that you haven't dealt with it before, you haven't said it, but you can feel that there's layers. Let's, let's all pray together and get some freedom here. Father, I come to you right now, and I confess the unforgiveness and bitterness that I've held on to. I choose to let it go into your hands. I forgive those who have hurt me. Jesus, come, heal my heart, transform my mind. I declare the finished work of the cross. Come and set me free. And right now, I stand in the authority of heaven, and I command spirits of unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, and control to go from me now. I break my agreement with you and command you to go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenchurch.com.